Welcome to another episode of Marketing Jam. Thank you so much for joining us here. A uh, huge thank you to Canada Post for making the show possible. And I am thrilled to introduce you to Jeffrey, who comes from the wild and amazing world of Microsoft. And if you didn't know, all of these shows are actually recorded on Skype um, that you've been watching recently, especially during COVID. We've been relying on Skype to make it possible for the show to happen. And uh, the beloved Microsoft is the fine folks behind Skype. Uh, and if you didn't know, they're also the people behind Xbox. So if you're an Xbox fan, that is them. Uh, and of course, Bing, especially those that are in the B2B market or marketing to seniors or uh, marketing to folks that are um, typically on computers that are PC. It came with Internet Explorer and they Bing. You'll probably see lots of Bing in your Google Analytics results, uh, amongst many things that Microsoft's involved with. So Jeffrey, thank you for coming on the show. We're really excited to have you here. Hey, thanks, Terry. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. So tell me about your role specifically in the wild, uh, again, kind of a mass world of Microsoft. Because you're not just Microsoft Excel and Microsoft Word, uh, PowerPoint. Like uh, Microsoft is everywhere. So tell me about your kind of world that you live in and operate in. Yeah. So I live in the advertising world, which um, you know can mean a lot of things in this day and age. I think it's interesting because we don't like to use that term advertising, but you know, what else do you really call amplifying or influencing or persuading others? Um, I, I mean, we could come up with a lot of different names, but I think advertising is really stuck just based on, on history. Uh, and what that really means is, you know, we develop a number of uh, solutions, advertising solutions in search, in native, yeah. in display, um, that, um, you know, we, we sell and, and offer to, you know, partners of all shapes and sizes from small businesses to large fortune 100 companies so that they can, yeah. you know, grow their brand and grow their business. So that's basically the world that I have lived in at Microsoft the last seven years since I've, I've, I've been at the company and, and come from, you know, the agency world, uh, worked at Ogilvy for a while, worked at 360i for a while. Uh, worked in the tech startup world in New York for a while. So, um, you know, I, I really enjoy this world. I enjoy sort of the ways that it has evolved and continues to change and continues to borrow from the past in order to, you know, figure out where it wants to go in the future. And when you talk about advertising, it's anywhere from the Bing platform to all, and tell me maybe kind of all the platforms that you guys currently own, because I, I don't think many people are aware of all of them. Yeah, you know, so Bing obviously is the, is the is the big one in terms of the, the search engine that we have and the search advertising that you can buy on it. There's also a number of Microsoft properties I think people forget about. Microsoft Network or Microsoft News, which actually is an app that you can have on iOS or Android that a lot of people, you know, utilize. There's a number of advertising solutions there. So if you're thumbing through that for uh, let's say business news or, or other news that you might yeah. follow. There's there's native advertising that is actually you can you can you can purchase on those properties that uses a, a number of different signals in terms of your search uh, your search history as well as the things that you might be interested in. I think that's sort of you know native's been powerful in those areas. And then there's a lot of areas that we are continuing to test 
if we think about Mixer, which is Twitch's, um, uh, what would you say, competition in terms of yeah. like a live video streaming network that a lot of gamers use, but has also picked up a lot of speed with people who are in the DJ community, the food yeah. community, makers, let's call them. Uh, you know, what's the advertising solutions going to look like, um, you know, going to look like there. So I think, um, you know, those are the areas that, uh, you know, we've, we've, we've been involved in for, you know, many years, uh, in terms of our offerings, but, you know, search is pretty much like, I think the bread and butter of, uh, uh, of what makes up Microsoft advertising. I uh, was at your headquarters uh, this last year, and one of the coolest things I, I, I forgot and didn't realize, you guys also are the ones, you, you own Minecraft now, which is amazing. Yep. So anyone with a, you know, who, who has a hobby of Minecrafting or has a child that is into Minecrafting, you're well aware of that world. Uh, and you guys are behind LinkedIn. That's your baby as well. Yeah, you know, it operates separately from us. I think that's the, the interesting thing too, and people say, hey, do you have, um, you know, d- does your work, involved with LinkedIn. Yes, in the sense that I work with a lot of people at LinkedIn Marketing Solutions in terms of thought leadership and advertising solutions, but they have their own, uh, they have their own team, they have their own marketing, they have their own language that they use, they have their own brand team, uh, they have the B2B Institute, which helps, I think, a lot of companies understand how to better market on LinkedIn if you're a B2B brand, which is, you know, predominant there. Um, so yeah, that's a lot of fun. I mean, I have just a lot of friends over there who I, I learned from a lot in terms of what their advertising solutions are. Um, and yeah, it's great. I think that it does operate separately in the sense that when it was acquired, I think, um, you know, Satya Nadella, our CEO has been good about letting a lot of acquisitions just operate Mm. independently from, from the mothership. Um, that way they just, you know, they don't, uh, feel like they just, um, you know, uh, have to basically follow all the rules of, 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 of the, of sort of the big corporation and they can sort of just go off and experiment and continue to do interesting things. Well, um, when it comes to brands who are advertising right now, what are some of the trends that you're seeing? What are the things that you're really excited about coming down the pipe and, and, and just things that people should be aware of? Yeah. I mean, I think one that's been you know, really out there for a long time. And I've been researching it and, uh, you know, wrote about it in my book that came out in 2016 is, you know, brand purpose or brands and, uh, you know, ethics in marketing or what we would call uh, marketing with purpose. That's a that's an interesting area. There's a number of brand analysts that sort of write that off quickly. They're very quick to say, Nobody purchases based on that. They don't really have, you know, there's almost like this rational economist view that, well, people don't have a moral compass. If they need something, they just go purchase that solution. They don't really worry about what the company is that they're, you know, buying from. I'd say with low cost things, that might be the case. I think with higher cost uh, products and services, you are going to probably ask a lot of those questions. You may wonder what a company is doing with a lot of its revenue. You also may ask a lot of questions on how does the company treat its employees? What uh, are the other statements that it's making? That I think is coming into you know more light of day 
uh, because of the world that we live in, you know, currently. And I don't think this is anything that's going to go away overnight. I think this is basically the path that we're, you know, set up on in terms of people questioning more and more, hey, what do companies do? What does their board or their corporate uh, leadership team look like? Uh, These are questions that, you know, aren't new. They've been around for a long period of time. I just think a lot of people on the fringe side of branding were quick to note you know, eons ago, wow, a lot of these brands talk a big purpose game, but they don't really behave that way when they're out there creating their products or, you know, how they treat their employees or how they do other things. And a lot of this has come to light, not just because of Black Lives Matter, but also in addition to COVID-19. If you think about it, what was the number one question a lot of people were uh, asking of brands, hey, you laid a lot of your employees off or you furloughed a lot of them, and yet at the same time, you've paid a lot of your higher executives a lot of money. That got a lot of people to sort of question the mm. purpose around some of these brands. So I think managing a brand in this day and age in 2020 is probably the hardest thing to do mm. because it's not about just the four Ps anymore, which are important, but it's also about you know, the, that sort of fifth P, which is, hey, what is that purpose of a, of a brand? What, mm. it, you know, what is its mission uh, of yeah. why it's here? And again, we don't have to, um, you know, brands don't have to all say like, hey, we're here to solve every world uh, issue. Some brands might just say, this is what we basically, mm-hmm. um, this is what we provide. But if they say, if they do that uh, by saying like, but hey, we also feel like, equality and sustainability is important and we're practicing that i think they get ahead in this day and age and again not anything new i point back to a lot of brands from you know 25 years ago 30 years ago ben and jerry's really started a lot of social justice work so if anybody's like hey this is something that's new that brands you know should stay away from i would beg to differ that a lot of brands really have gotten you know involved in this based on their you know pedigree eons ago and you look at Ben and Jerry's, who's an example of a B corporation. So are yeah. you finding that the yeah. B Corp movement is, is becoming even more important today? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great, I mean, you know, Darian, you bring up a good example. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they don't want to just be, uh, you know, incorporated or an LLC. They really want yeah. to, I think, go further. Um, you know, I've heard discussions even from some, some big um, entrepreneurs, uh, you know, Richard Branson being one of them that, you know, he actually uh, has talked a lot about how, you know, maybe some companies, less of them go public because then they have the ability to actually become, uh, you know, B Corps or, or do other yeah. things with their revenue that they can't do if yeah. they're actually publicly listed. Uh, Mark Cuban yeah. has brought this up. There's a yeah. number of people, I think, who are going to continue to discuss this which reshapes business models. Um, and again, yes. I think this is something that, you know, it's not for every brand, but some brands yeah. are going to maybe question and say, this might be the right path for, you know, for us based on what they, you know, what their product or what their solution happens mm-hmm. to be. I like that B Corp allows um, companies maybe who aren't like a 10 tree, who for every shirt bought, they give, you know, they plant a tree or Tom shoes, every shoe bought, they give away a pair of shoes. Yep. They do it more blatantly and obtusely. Um, but B Corps can be, I'm a plumbing outfit and I, but I just run things, you know, at our core in a good way. 
Yeah, I think, you know, I think it does a number of things, too. It gets people who actually are excited to want to go work for some of those companies. Yeah. You know, if you think about uh, how people have, um, you know, how they've approached work the past 20 years, yeah. that's really changed a lot. There are a number of people who say they, you know, they want to go work for companies or institutions yeah. that they feel are uh, doing interesting things for the world. Uh, so I think yeah. some of these models are really, you know, interesting. You bring up, you know, Tom's shoes, you know, Warby Parker basically is another yeah. one that provides, um, you know, we're seeing, we're also seeing a lot of companies that might say, Hey, we take 20% of our revenue and here's all the companies that we are, I shouldn't say companies. Here's all the non-government organizations or nonprofits we donate to real yeah. transparency there in terms of, yeah. you know, Hey, this is where we're going to give our, you know, give our money to some investors might say, I don't know about that. That's not the right path for mm. me, but now there's this huge social impact investing movement that, uh, uh, you know, I think is picking up speed where it's okay to say, Hey, maybe I'm not making as much return on investments in terms of dollar or revenue, but I'm making that based on societal impact. You know, what, what is important, you know, maybe it's okay to, to not make as much money on, on investing as, as, yeah. as we thought in the past, but actually maybe provide some good sustainability for, you know, future generations. Yeah. So let's just say plumbing company uh, X goes ahead and becomes a B Corp and gets the thing or, or just they live out the, the values of B Corp and they don't want to pay the B Corp fee. So they just they live it out. How can they communicate that or how can they get that out in advertising? You know, I think a lot of it is based on, you know, what they do on 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 their website in terms of their transparency. Mm -hmm. If you think about how a company is okay. public, they have to, you know, basically note or be very open about, mm -hmm. uh, you know, hey, here's what our company is doing because shareholders need to know that, the public mm -hmm. needs to know that. I think it's the same thing here. If you're very transparent about the fact that, hey, we're a B Corp, here's what we do with our, uh, you know, a percentage of our revenue, here's what we're going to continue to be open about in terms of what's important to us. Uh, you know, you may lose some customers from this. Let's be honest, Darian. There are a number of people who have told mm -hmm. me, Oh, you know, I would never support that company. I don't really like what they're doing. Um, but I think the reason a lot of companies go that direction is they gain from it. They're not worried about mm. how they lose from it. They're, they actually are like, hey, we're going to take a stand on this particular issue, and that's what we're going to do, and we're mm. okay if we lose a few customers. We may gain mm. some more customers, more diehard customers uh, as a result of that. So... That's another thing in branding that, you know, when, I, when I've studied the past, um, you know, six to seven years, it's been interesting because, um, you know, in my conversations, I've, I've basically been, been saying, uh, you know, since I wrote the book, Disruptive Marketing, hey, some companies might actually have to be political. And um, a lot of brand managers were like, no, that's not possible, Jeff. They shouldn't be that. They should be apolitical. Yeah. And of course, I said... Uh, no, I hear you. You want to basically be open to every single person possible. And there are yeah. definitely some companies you don't have to uh, be political, let's say. But in other areas, it's hard to remain apolitical if, you, if people see sort of the world falling around, uh, down yeah. around them. And a yeah. company is just like, we're not going to basically say anything about this. 
and we're just going to go about our business and do this. That's where you lose a lot of people who might say, you know, question, look, we're not looking you to be the solution, but we're actually looking for you to provide some value here on this mm. in terms of, you know, what are your internal policies? What are you doing for employees? What are you doing for customers? Yeah. You know, how are you keeping people safe during a global pandemic? I mean, there's a lot of yeah. questions that have really come out in, the, in, in just this short year alone that I think has yeah. boggled a lot of people who are who have who've been really hired to nurture a brand, not have much mm. change and not deal with any disruption. I feel like it, this time uh, no one really has a choice anymore. It's like the mirrors have all been put up. Social media, the, the court of public opinion is uh, not an easy court to be uh, headed to and the, the judges are uh, judging every day and poking and prodding. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, I think, it, it, you know, we could use the phrase, you know, we all live in public now. So it's, you know, mm -hmm. there's, there's, there's no clothes that anybody can wear. Everybody can see yeah. a little bit more inside what yeah. companies are doing. There are more uh, employees or ex-employees who are open about their, you know, their situations. Mm -hmm. There are a lot more customers that are more vocal about how they might have been uh, how they've been, you know, how they've dealt with with a company or a mm. brand. And it's interesting because in all that time, the last 10 years, we have really defunded brand marketing. We have really put almost all of the, uh, we've really, you know, basically given all the money in marketing to performance. What can we get on mm -hmm. short term? And basically, what can we show for that? And I think it's caught a lot of brands off guard now who are like, we don't even have a brand like marketing team, what do we do here? And so I'm actually now starting to see in some of the studies I've done an increase on platforms like Indeed and LinkedIn for brand marketing managers, brand managers, yeah. brand directors that have not existed. I think the uptick I think on my last study is like, I don't know, something like 65% more uh, um, titles uh, year over year than existed before. Now that could be for other reasons like, oh, okay, we need just to have a brand director. I think honestly, it's companies that realize we need someone to basically overlook what our long-term strategy is going to be um, yeah. because we can't just rely on performance marketing. It's got to be a 50-50 on both of those. Yeah, that's great. Um, where do you go for, for all these like ideas and information and inspiration? Where are your kind of go-to resources for, uh, to keep you fulfilled and inspired and, and going each day? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, I think it's just a lot of interesting people I've been able to meet virtually or physically yeah. over, the, over the years. Um, I mean, there's a lot of great people that I met through, you know, working in the agency world that I, you know, yeah. just sort of started to follow on, you know, Twitter or mm -hmm. listen to them basically keynoting if they went out to like yeah. a big event. Um, you know, and I really just got interested in, in a lot of those folks and, and a lot of them are in areas that I don't, you know, I don't necessarily dabble in. Like one of my favorite people actually to follow is this woman who is really big in like the, uh, e-gaming culture. I wouldn't call myself a gamer at all, but I'm just fascinated by that world because there's, there's, there's a whole, like brands are doing things there that I just. I mean, I think they've been doing them for a while if we look at some examples, but like there's so many interesting cultural tidbits that come from gaming. Oh, so I was like, all right, let me follow wild. someone who knows that world. Like how are brands navigating that? And she talks about like how 
music is broken there. Other like fashion is broken there. Other forms of culture are yeah. broken there. Brands really. Marshmallow did a concert in a Fortnite there, game. There you go. Like I, yeah. It was amazing. Like I, my 13 year old plays it. And then another thing I found fascinating was trying to advertise to like that eight to 13 year old market. It's very hard on, on any channel. But they had a game within Fortnite where if you could discover Thanos' glove and put it on, you became like the <laughs> overpowered person. And, and you had to chase him. It was like capture the flag and you get the, the glove and who can hold the glove the longest. But it was an incredible advertisement for the new Avengers movie that was coming out that month. Yes. And it was interactive. That's the other thing about gaming is no one is going to say, okay, hey, let's do this activation there. Yeah. And it's going <clears> to <throat> and then say, hey, let's have it look like advertising. No, they're like, hey, let's have it play into the native nature of these games. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, I, I think that's sort of fascinating. And it's an area that I want to, you know, continue to continue to watch. There's a there's a woman who I worked with at Ogilvy. Her name's Cheryl Barbie. We talk all the time. We always had really interesting conversations on brand strategy um, I follow her and I talk to her quite a bit, mainly because she works at uh, FCB, which uh, is the big agency. She's she's based in Chicago, but she's yeah. she's basically shown me because I've always been into live streaming and live video. But she's yeah. now showing me like, hey, Jeff, that world is now meeting the commerce world and it's blowing mm. up into this thing that in um, China and South yeah. Korea yeah. It's a big deal. It's like a, uh, I think she said something like it's a $4 billion a year industry oh, yeah. of like where people yeah. like to do live stream shopping. And she's like, here, it's starting to really take oh. uh, root. And so I'm just fascinated by some of these new areas that probably aren't on a lot of people's radar, but that's really where I'd like to, you know, play in just to see, okay, will that blow up or will that just sort of fizzle out, you know? Uh, other areas I'm, I think I'm fascinated in are following people who are, you know, work in mixed reality, yeah. uh, following yeah. people who work in um, uh, uh, voice in terms of, you know, yeah. voice uh, uh, skills. And, I, and, I, and two years ago, I, you know, started to program my own voice skills because I just got really mm -hmm. fascinated with, you know, yeah. would that lead to something interesting or is that just the flash in the pan? Again, we don't really know because... We don't know what adoption will be. Plus, at the time when a lot of people said, well, voice will never take off, we didn't have a pandemic where people are less likely wanting to touch things now. So voice yeah. could yeah. maybe become interesting or it could just fizzle out and be something that is just another user interface yeah. that we only want to use in certain circumstances. Or my, my daughter, who's five, knows how to tell Alexa to turn on certain songs that she loves. <laughs> yeah, to, exactly. to the point where we, we've turned off Alexa in our kitchen because it just became too much hearing hand clap over and over and over again. Uh, which is a great song, but all the time, you don't want to hear it all the time. Hey, interesting fact for you, Jeff, speaking of live streaming. Um, a block uh, from our office here in Fort Langley, British Columbia, is the most popular, the world's most popular live stream of kittens. So tinykittens.com, their headquarters is down the road and it is a live stream, very popular in Japan, where you can watch kittens just playing on each other. And so people will watch it for hours and they will actually get shipped um, gifts and thank yous and pet food and cat food from all over the world to just thank the stream for, for doing what it's doing. I love it. I mean, it's crazy because that person the, are the people who probably were behind that at the time. 
when they started it, they it was probably just like, hey, let's oh. let's just stream this. Like, let's see, yeah. you know, and it probably had no viewers, and then and then it yeah. something tips and it becomes massively popular with culture. Yeah. I just think it's fascinating what we can do with, uh, you know, in both the real when the real world meets, you know, sort of the internet world or virtual yeah. world. It's it's it can be exciting still. Yeah. Yeah. Like when Ninja and Drake played Fortnite together live stream, that. like that was yeah, it was huge. I mean, there were more people that, like, I think they said something, there was some crazy stat I read that more people viewed that, so observed that, watched that, than some, like, sporting events. So it's already showing you that, like, that is not a, it's not something that's fringe. That's mainstream now, and I think we should pay attention more to these things. Yeah, it's fascinating. I remember the date that, um, and it was the YouTube star, it was early YouTube days, and her name was Lonely Girl. And she she it actually she got outed as it being a fake thing because all like people realized that all of her furniture was from IKEA. She was an actress, but she came across as this like homeschool girl who posted a video every day. But she was the first YouTuber that had as many uh, weekly views as the average TV show at the time. Yeah. And so it just broke the fact that like YouTube can and will be as popular as a TV show. And she was, again, you thought she was creating content just on her own, but of course it, we end up finding out it's produced. But it was incredible to see that this YouTuber just cracked that TV yeah. uh, ceiling. I love it. I think, we'll, I think we'll continue to see more of that. Um, you know, maybe not on YouTube, but I think on some other platforms as they yeah. evolve and change. I mean, there's always been discussions on, you know, does TikTok add longer links mm. so that you know that i mean we've seen this we get people that get hooked based on a particular type of you know meme or our or culture that mm. happens and then it and then it pivots elsewhere to be more inclusive to other cultures mm. i mean that's why i would say you know twitch and mixer aren't just for gaming anymore if you actually mm. log on to twitch you can pretty yeah. much watch any type of video it's just that it happens oh. to be live streamed i mean i think a new this, show yeah yeah, there's a, my good friend Lance, actually, who was uh, helped get this show on Amazon Prime. He his uh, he, he runs a, a very popular news show. It's probably one of the most popular Twitch channels in Canada, where it's he gives the news and Love does it. it over Twitch. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we'll see more of that because people will just be like, "Hey, yeah. this is a, you know, the the technology is getting cheaper. The barrier to entry is yeah. cheaper. Yeah. You can get a microphone. You can." Do a, you can get a video cam, yeah. a streaming video camera. These things aren't as expensive as they were at one time. I mean, your Wi-Fi connection is probably the most expensive thing yeah. out of that in order to, yeah. you know, in order to 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 go live. You can just use Starbucks's. Just go to a local Starbucks. And... <laughs> <laughs> I know. Actually, I'm I'm laughing, but I had a friend who did do that. He actually would do book reviews, and so he would go to his local Starbucks in Los Angeles. And then say, hey, here's the book that I'm reading. And then he would talk about it. And awesome. I mean, it wasn't huge, but I think he's just a book nerd and he loves doing that. And I, I you know, I, mm -hmm. I hope we see more of that type of, you know, creative content out there. So uh, for yourself, what are some apps and kind of life hacks that you, you know, are willing and, and able to share with our uh, listeners and viewers today? Apps that you love, apps that you can't live without, and maybe just some life hacks that you found have been really helpful these days. I mean, I think one of the 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 ones that I find um, fascinating is, uh, and I got into it e eons ago, years ago now, is um, uh, Canva, which is an Australian app yes. that allows yeah. anybody to design. So I'm a really big 
believer in um, people learning as much design as they can, even if they don't say they're a designer. So not everyone can, you know, learn Illustrator or Photoshop. Um, When I was in college, I happened to learn those things because I worked for the student newspaper. The student newspaper basically said, hey, we need someone to lay out the newspaper and you need to know Illustrator, uh, page yeah, yeah. maker and Photoshop. And I was like, well, how am That's I going to so learn cool. those? And, uh, and, and this, and this, uh, woman who also laid out the paper said, well, I'll teach you if you give me like time to teach you how to do it. Cause that's just how so you cool. learned things. Nowadays I would say, Hey, go to YouTube and you can learn pretty much yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. But at that time that's someone's awesome. like, Hey, let's do this. But I think from that now I basically have said to people, Hey, there's no excuse anymore. There's this great app called Canva. Yeah. You could basically yeah. design anything that you want to. And yeah. I think that has liberated some small businesses yeah. who have said, okay, I really had trouble with design. Now they can design those things. And then if you put that in, if you put that also with Squarespace, the ability to build yes. a website oh. or Wix, yes. those are things I, I can't really live without because I think that helps yeah. with what we now get into, which is, okay, I want to be able to do e-commerce. Well, Shopify allows that. Anybody could have Mm -hmm. a Shopify. So you put all these elements together, Darian, and I just, uh, you know, none of these just, none of these require being on a laptop anymore. I mean, you could do it on a laptop, but you could also do a lot of things on a mobile device. So I think those things have become, uh, you know, really important to me. I also just am a big fan of, uh, mental wellness. So I have been, you know, overusing, I think, uh, meditation apps are sort of like apps that, uh, basically might give you some confidence. And then of course, Mm. even before all this happened, I really have always enjoyed fitness. Um, and so I, you know, I've always really been into, um, boxing and, and have, have, Mm. have been into high intensity interval training and so when this whole pandemic basically happened, it was like, okay, I'm going to hang my heavy bag, which I, which was sitting in a corner for years yeah, and, yeah. um, you know, just got back into using a lot of, uh, boxing fitness apps, um, because those basically know that you can't go to a class and you can basically monitor your heart rate and what your sort of output is. Um, I think, you know, all that's important, you know, commerce apps wellness apps, mm. fitness apps, um, you know, nutrition apps, all those things I think are really, really fascinating. That's awesome. Those that want to learn more about you or find your book or try out Microsoft advertising, where can they go from here? Yeah. So, um, if, uh, you want to check out Microsoft advertising, MicrosoftAdvertising.com. Um, we have, uh, you can, you know, register for an account, um, if you're already using Google AdWords, we have simple import functions, so it doesn't require a lot of extra, you know, work. If you want to actually spread your campaigns, so you're reaching yeah. more people on different platforms, we've tried to provide a lot of those tools. Um, you know, you can follow on Twitter um, or Instagram at MSFT Ads. So we are sorry at MSFT Advertising. So basically, if you yeah. want to follow us on those social channels. And then I'm pretty active on uh, Twitter at DJGEOFFE. So if people want to follow me there and also on LinkedIn, I'm, you know, pretty active as well. Um, yeah. You know, post a lot about different things that businesses can do. Um, and then, 
I have my podcast, Disruptive FM. If people want to just listen to that, I, you know, awesome. I, 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 I thank you in advance for anyone who does want to subscribe, rate, and review that. So, yeah. That's awesome. And your book, tell us about your book. Where can we find oh, it? Oh, yeah. It came out in 2016. It's called Disruptive Marketing, and um, it's on HarperCollins Leadership. You can find it pretty much anywhere uh, where books yeah. are sold. So, um, you know, there's some things in there that I think, you know, might be a little dated, but at the same time, things recycle. So, um, you know, I talk a lot about media consumption and media habits, mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. uh, that's just an area that I'm I'm always fascinated in. In I'm, I actually did a, a bunch of research recently for Microsoft Advertising in terms of how COVID-19 has reshaped our media consumption habits. Mm -hmm. So, um, that you know, that's something I look at constantly in terms of how we consume media, how we use media, Darian. I think that is something that if you're, if you're in advertising or you're trying to market any type of business, you need to understand what that zeitgeist is, what the pulse is of humanity, because um, that, that uh, ultimately resonates with people. Uh, the more your, your messaging um, you know, is tapped into where we, you know, what we're feeling at a given moment. It's awesome. We'll make sure to put all the uh, links in the show notes here. Uh, those that want to uh, find the, the link there uh, on YouTube. Uh, I appreciate everyone for joining us this week on Marketing Jam. Thank you so much for joining us this week. So many great ideas, lots of things to think about. It's been a real pleasure to have you. And, and one day, one day, we have to do this interview in person. Uh, we also recently bought a fern. So we only have one fern. We don't have two ferns, but we um, thought we would add a fern to our interview to just kind of liven it up a bit. And so we might be looking at calling it beside one fern type of interview. Um, but we love to host you here in, uh, in uh, British Columbia when the borders are open. So thanks again. And uh, we'll see you, everyone, next week on Marketing Jam. Thanks for listening to Marketing Jam. If you enjoyed the show, head over to our YouTube or Facebook and give us a thumbs up and visit iTunes to leave a rating and review. Thanks again, and see you next time. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.